0: All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 238 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julie Gillum, joined just by... Voice of Reason, 69th Blizzard. Just a pair of us today. Um, Wasn't even going to do a show this week uh, with going to New York City to... Obviously, the Madison Square Garden show. We hadn't even talked about whether there was going to be a show done in, without me. Um, just kind of nothing, because we've, we've done quite a few episodes in March already. So, but why not? Let's talk about a few things that are going on. Uh, let's get some of the news out of the way. And an email that's come out this afternoon from Kiss Cruise Nine is: mm-hmm. In addition to Kiss, we are excited to welcome back Bruce Kulick, Tyler Bryant. And the Shakedown, Bob Schneider, <laughs> the New Roses, Royal Bliss, and the Dead Deads. not to be confused with the Dead Daisies. I know, are, yeah. These are deader than the daisies, the Dead Deads. <laughs> okay.
1: Have you heard of those? I no, of I, I looked up other...
0: their—I looked up their page, uh, you know, and whatnot to see who they are. Um, Bruce Kulick, I have heard of that guy. Of course. Uh, Tyler <laughs> Bryant and the Shakedown, I've not heard of. Um, none of these, really? the new roses, I've heard of, um, but really they do nothing to make me change my mind about not booking. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it'll be great for those maybe ticking up all those slots of people who are not returning to the Kiss cruise after last year um, to see Bruce and his solo band pay homage and give respect to a much neglected era of Kiss history, as mm-hmm. proven by this tour. The lack of material from the uh, non makeup era so that that I'm happy for those who'll see and you know now that the multicams from Kiss Cruise eight have come out getting to watch the the Bruce shows again um, mm. plus the half of one that I missed or the all one that I missed um, is really fun so you know that's good but the yeah. other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, at least last year <laughs> did have the Dead Daisies, which are a uh, you know a pretty decent marquee name, especially mm-hmm. with the players who are in that band. I don't see anything of comparison this year, so you know maybe maybe they're still waiting on Ace. You know, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean they have time to to book some other maybe top tier, well not top tier, but you know artists that are more well known and maybe fit in with the, the Kiss theme.
0: Yeah, like Peter Chris, Put him in the lounge. Come on, Peter. There you go. That, that show yeah. that you did in New York, put it on the cruise. Do two performances in the Stardust. Bring your brass. Bring your arrangements. Bring Sister's Doll. That'd mm-hmm. be, that would I, I, That'd I, be I, awesome. I've, I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. That would just be fantastic for Peter. Um, though whether he wants to be on a boat with Kiss fans uh, for five days and Kiss... For five days, but why why Sorry. couldn't he get up on stage during the sail away show as well? None of them are wearing makeup anyway, so it shouldn't uh, be an issue of uh, anything to do with Catman. Just a original founding member of the band going up there and then doing an unmasked, you know, lounge show with his mm-hmm. brass. Just the same. Actually, the same set, and maybe add one or two songs, and right. it would still be, you know, nothing too arduous. He could drum, he could front, he could do what he wants. He's Peter Chris, You know, I think that would be the best value for money after having Ace on last year. I'd love to see it, just because I, you know, I would watch a video of it, but uh, I would love to see other people enjoy what I had enjoyed in New York, mm-hmm. and I know the people in, uh, where was it, Melbourne, where the other show was, had a great time, so... um that would that would be it this is a kiss cruise you know and the the theme should be kiss not a bunch of unknown uh, to me they're unknown and i apologize to any of those bands sure i have not heard of you but i haven't so you don't mean anything to me i'm going to check out your bands and see what the music's like uh so i'm not offering any judgment about you being worthy of being on the cruise because you are worthy because you've been invited Mm -hmm. So yeah. that sums it up, but you're not big marquee names like the Dead Daisies or Ace Frehley or Peter Chris. So mm-hmm. that's uh, the perspective that I'm coming from with that, not offering any criticism towards those bands. Um, and obviously, I think last year there was a contest, wasn't there, for uh, that was won by uh, Beth Blade to be on there. Hmm. And that, and that was cool. Was it? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, I, I just don't follow the cruise close enough because I've done my one. And <laughs> apart from the set list, right. I really just do not care any longer about it. It's uh, The people component was great, not enough kiss. And it looks like there's even less kiss. Unless, mm-hmm. you, unless you buy mm-hmm. a bass or tambourine, stage played tambourine. <laughs> All right, so I've moved into mocking territory, so we better move on to the next uh, bit (laughs) of news. Uh, I see a lot more photos this week of people getting their Kiss World LPs. German versions, yellow vinyl versions Mm. are showing up, and uh, black vinyl is, of course, uh, people are spinning there, so I guess mine might arrive, and it may not. Something that did arrive is. Mm. Oh, yeah. The Vinnie Vincent, or pardon me, Warrior. Yeah. featuring Vinnie Vincent, Jimmy Waldo, Gary Shea, and Hirsch mm-hmm. Gardner. Um, this is a double CD that is different. And this is like in a kind of spinal Tapish use of the word different than okay. the first one that came out last year. Um, much of it is improved audio fidelity. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a broad range of spectrum that defines audio fidelity from the shite to the meh <laughs> to the awesome. We're not still up in the awesome range, but they're all, uh, to my mind, at least as a collector, listenable. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot on here that is worthy of being listened to. Let me put that clearly, that um, writing demos of stuff like Forbidden with Vinny on vocals rather Mm -hmm. than the stuff Mm -hmm. that was done in 87 with Jeff Soto. is... alternate demos of i need love hot nights was really cool with the the vocals better than the i think there's a version with fergie on the first version yeah thrill of the chase a 1988 (laughs) demo is another standout um no substitute that sounds like one of the early demos that may have been used to shop to uh, the chrysalis deal Mm -hmm. so in terms of its cost it's Uh, seventeen dollars it's worth um it's worth purchasing to add to the collection if you're someone who enjoys Vinny's music and the stories behind it. I haven't read the booklet yet. Um, but, a- again, it is different enough from the first one that I didn't have any uh, any reason not to because, come on, this is as close as I think Vinny's going to get to any, having any new music out. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Vinny. Come on, that's, I, I, that, that's a challenge yeah. point. Prove yeah. me wrong. I want to be wrong. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, what is it? Total of... Yeah, my window's open, so there's going to be road noise today. That's okay. Uh, 21 songs in total. Um, so huh? so I, I recommend it just because it, it's connected to that era of Vinny's history where he was doing a lot of interesting writing, not all of which got turned into material mm-hmm. such as, um, what was it, the first Invasion album. So it, it's really good. Yeah. Have you ordered by chance?
1: I have not ordered. I didn't even have the first one yet so maybe uh oh they'll probably
0: then this will be like those reissues a couple years ago uh what was it zoom we'll club a three cd no they did a uh, a double cd of the first album in all systems go in a uh long box format so you can just bet there'll be a box set of vinnie vincent warrior one and two as a box probably with a bonus essay by by
1: someone an in interview Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, maybe I'll wait, or I might go ahead and just get them. I, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it sounds pretty good.
0: Yep. so that, that was neat. That's, I think, all I've got in terms of new stuff. I got the new tour book, um, and I'm not going to do mm-hmm. a show today, and you already know this, but this is for the benefit of anyone yeah. who's actually tuned in on a Friday after we didn't show up on Thursday. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. doing... A Madison Square Garden review today. I want to be joined by a couple of friends hopefully early next week to talk about that. You're like, well, what else can you still say about the end of the road? Plenty. Give us a chance next week and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, well, <laughs> make you press the fast forward button perhaps or the skip button or, uh, decide otherwise. So let's go to a few topics today. Um, why don't you get us started, Ken? You know, just do a few bits and pieces from the board or things that are on your mind. And since it's the two of us, we can just uh, ramble on as long as we like.
1: Um, well, I, I know one thing on the board that I, I saw uh, about, um, what was it, about Mick Mars versus, you know, Ace Frehley. Did you see that one? Um, about, you know, who was who better? Um, and, and I, I said on there that I, you know, picked Ace over strictly, I picked Ace over McMars because of his, all his memorable, you know, memorable solos that he's done, um, I think he has a lot more memorable solos than Mick Mars did. Mick, Mick Mars is a great guitarist, no doubt, great and pr- probably more yeah proficient, of course, than uh, Ace. Ace is this you know the sloppy bluesy style. Um, uh, but Mick Mars is you know I'm not saying Mick Mars is not good. He's very good. So, um, but based on the solos and memorable solos. When I think of solos, I can remember the ace solos solos a lot more than I can of uh, you know, McMars though. You know, McMars has some good ones. Um, but I think Ace just wins out for that fact right there.
0: Yeah, here, here's the funny thing, for for critics of the message board, as a human being you have the ability to skip or not skip threads that you're not or are interested in. And as mm-hmm. the case is with Ace Freely versus Mick Mars. I skipped it, so I didn't become annoyed by any discussion that was in there. It's quite amazing. Now that you ask yeah. me about it, you know Ace versus Mick. I love Mick, and I've said it, you know, mm-hmm. previously that when I go to cruise shows, I'm watching him because I just right. love his guitar work. I love his his attack, his style, his method, um, his phrasing, everything about how he plays and holds that guitar. He's, he's a guitarist of a completely different school from Ace. Um, as you say, his, his solos aren't as memorable, but his riffs and his attack and mm. his dynamics of playing are very memorable to me. The moment we start talking about Mick, I start hearing riffs, not solos but riffs yeah, yeah
1: um, that makes sense
0: so that's what immediately pops into my mind when you raise that question is they're two strikingly different guitarists that i'm more likely to remember ace's kind of lead work and more likely mm-hmm. again ace has the benefit of having been in bands with rhythm players right Nick, um, regardless of anyone saying, well, Motley Crue plays the tape. Well, no, Mick had less benefit of that in having to, you know, it's like the discussion over playing Hysteria, that there's so many guitar tracks on that one album actually playing it live in concert is very difficult because you're just doing like a combination of all these different tracks same for Mick that he's picking between the lead work and the rhythm work that buttresses the song and as such it's a completely different beast where Ace playing with Kiss he was just able to focus on his lead Paul would handle the rhythm and hopefully somewhere in between everything would come together sometimes with the help of Gary Corbett um, or Derek (laughs) <laughs> Plug in the hole. So, you know, I, I love Mick. Yeah. I, you know, th- there's really no verses because that makes it sound like a war. Well, who's going to win that war? Mick Mars or, um, or right. Ace? Well, it's just, that's just it. that's idiotic.
1: Yeah, it's it's just apples and oranges kind of thing. Uh, they're just they just different, uh, different styles. You can't really just say this guy's better. I mean, you could say. <laughs> You know, you challenge. Uh, here's another one. Uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen versus Jimi Hendrix. It's 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 just different. You know, they're just different. You can't say one's better than the other. They they both were leaders, uh, or you no know, innovators at the time, their generation. Um, but they're not. You can't compare them. You really can't.
0: Life is not a death match. It's not like the Elder versus Carnival Assault. Oh, well, maybe that. Right? I take that back. <laughs> that, that, that is one possible battle, but it's not the whole war. All right. That's, I want, I'm going to take a topic off the board as well. And um, is Eric playing piano and singing Beth a jab at Peter? Hmm. I don't think so. I think it's a misguided homage in some ways. It, it pays homage not only to Peter Chris, um, Perhaps jabbing him slightly saying, this could have been you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in some way behind a grand piano a la Paul Lind, 1976 on stage. And right. even though I said I'm not going to talk about Madison Square Garden, seeing that piano rise up from the stage at that show mm-hmm. with, and, uh, with Eric behind it instead of Peter at Madison Square Garden, my heart kind of did slow down somewhat kinda, uh... <laughs> just that
1: Just a little bit I,
0: again the originals was not my lineup because i didn't become a fan of that band right but as the historian in me just kind of said i i became melancholy at that moment instead of it being all sweet and everyone holding up their their phone light hers um right i just kind of stood there and i was like jesus christ it's a miss opportunity for any of these prospective guests and i i just didn't didn't see peter um ever going up on stage while eric's there wearing his design why would he why would he want i wouldn't want him up there out of makeup looking like a old rocker walked in off the streets um Mm -hmm. no but seeing that piano I don't see it as a jab. I don't see them no. deliberately trying to hurt Peter by doing it. I just think they're trying to add something into the show that is different is again, how much to Poland and their history and doing that song one last time.
1: Yeah. I, 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 don't think it's a jab. Um, and the, the piano thing Peter never did, except for, again, a Um, when they did it there on the special. Um but the real jab happened a long time ago, not now. It was the first jab was when, you know, Eric Carr sang Beth, um on the Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. And then the 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 second jab was I think when they originally had Eric Singer sing Beth, uh you know, early two thousand or was it early 2000? I saying it was 2008
0: it, or something, you know. Or, or it was mid 2000s Yeah.
1: So, yeah, when it went, oh yeah, maybe it was later 2000s. Um, but I think that was a possible jab at that point. But otherwise there's on the new thing, the new tour? No, not at all.
0: No, I, I honestly don't want to think that Gene and Paul sit around a, t- a, a table at their business meetings. <laughs> how are we gonna? How are we gonna? How are we gonna piss off the originals fans? Uh, how are we gonna hurt <laughs> Peter today? Um, hey, I, right. I, I've got a good one. Uh, no. I, I really don't see that as being how they operate. I, right. I, I would see them just being completely oblivious to uh, what are the alternative optics of what we're thinking of doing. Because one guy is saying that's a great, that's gonna pay a tribute to Peter, that's gonna be a tribute to '76, that's one way to include him every night, and yep. not seeing the other side of well, maybe that's not such a good idea, you know. And they're you know this is kiss. Yeah. They're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. They can't win, therefore they shouldn't even bother and try try they just do what's right for them so hopefully peter can take it as an as a you know as a homage and be proud that every night they're doing my fucking song with that guy if he wants to look at it that way um and i'm not there but i am there because you're doing my fucking song right right that's that's at least how i I would hope that he could take a positive out of it and then maybe stick the pins in the voodoo dolls as he you know as as he goes (laughs) whatever, whatever. He's he's a cat. You know, cats like one minute are hugs, hugs and then bleed, bleed. So right. You never know what you're going to get with a cat. All right. So going on from there is uh, another topic is the most offensive song or songs for Tommy to sing. <laughs> we got a very long list here, so we might be some while. I mean, did you I see was... that? Did you see that thread? I haven't. Yeah, I, and yeah. again, I've not read any of these. I've been too busy.
1: And, uh, you know, you, you take the lead on that. Well, that's very similar to the you know the Peter Chris thing, right? Uh, it's like jab at Peter. So that so the most offensive song for Tommy to sing is it offensive to I'm guessing to the uh, Ace Ace Freely fan um, or Ace Freely himself, you know, it's like he can't sing my my song. Um, but uh, any song. From from Ace, it's a kiss song, so it's it's okay. People get mad about him doing Shock Me. Now them doing Shock Me on the on the cruise uh, that you went to, right? Uh, Don't remind me. Ace and Ace doing it too. That was kind of weird. Um, they, they could have you know invited Ace up, but maybe he wouldn't have done that anyway, or maybe they didn't even think to no, invite th- him. No, th- they
0: they couldn't re- they couldn't invite him because this of course was just a rehearsal for the tour
1: oh that's right right yeah we so yeah because he's not part of the tour he's not going to rehearse for it right so uh, the tommy you know offensive songs for tommy to sing i don't know it's just you know yeah you can say shock me you can say uh rocket ride new york groove possibly uh i'm not offended by it it's fine it's a great, you know, they're great songs. Why not play them?
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the the viewpoint I take on it. Again, you know, uh, prefacing that with again not being an originals fan, I know I don't share the emotional commitment to these songs that you guys who were fans in '74, '75, '76, '78, '79 did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, it's a fucking kiss song. In most cases and right. it's not like tommy's being asked to sing oh uh, we got your rock or breakout right so that would the be career, right? be wrong i i look at it and it's the same applies to peter songs that if the voice fits oh god this sounds like an oj simpson thing if the voice fits <laughs> it's okay <laughs> because they're members of the band and their Kiss, their songs of the Kiss catalog, j- just as much as, you know, I've said I don't like Ace doing Love Gun, though at least he played on that. It's Paul's song, and I just, I always say it's because I'd rather Ace to pull more of his own fucking catalog into the set than filling it full of Kiss songs that I hear Kiss do. So, the most offensive song, Tommy's already done shock me because that was Ace's signature piece. Um... I I, I could think of some heads exploding if he did Rocket Ride. Yet Kiss has never done Rocket Ride, so I'd love him to do it. And if his voice works for the song, at this point, right. what's it really matter? Yeah. You know, I a, thought, New York Groove.
1: I thought. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't even Kiss song. I, the first thing that came to my mind when I read that was was uh, if he sang Go to Hell by Alice Cooper. <laughs> I thought that would be. a offensive you know you're saying go to hell you know but anyway that's that's what i first thought of when i heard that Yeah, you
0: know, for the for the people who really and I, I don't want to use the word hate because i just think that's so stupid in the mm-hmm. context of the discussion or even the the argument or debate however you want to look at it i know some people think any debate is an argument uh, rather than a discussion of differing views but let's say Would you be okay with Tommy bringing black and blue songs into Kiss, say, Nasty, Nasty, um, or any of the stuff he wrote with Gene? Would that be better than him doing Ace's songs or singing something else? Would that be okay? Would that be offensive, too? Um, I mean, would you rather... Okay, here's your options. Ace... Jesus, there I go. Tommy (laughs) can sing Shock Me or a black and blue song.
1: Right, rather than yeah, sing Shock Me. I mean I think more people would be offended if he did a black and blue song in the in the (laughs) In a Kiss concert than anything else.
0: Somehow, I'm pretty sure Paul Stanley uh, would smash a guitar over anyone's head um, who suggested a black and blue song be performed in a Kiss concert, and I certainly would not yeah. want a black and blue song performed in a Kiss concert.
1: Unless unless Gene would go for it if it was one of his co-writes. You
0: know. oh, prom- right, come on, Promise the Moon. That, based, there you go. That's based on a disposed uh, elder riff from the sessions of Phase 1. So there go. what's wrong with that? That is actually that started off as a kiss song as an instrumental that then was developed by Gene or get soul to black and blue um, to do. I mean, would that be OK? It's got enough kiss connections. No, Paul. Stanley's, Again, they Pat, say Paul, Paul Stanley's in my ear right now saying no. Paul
1: Stanley say it's not a hit. It's not a kiss hit.
0: Yeah. So neither are most of the songs in the kiss set list. They're just the most identifiable of the KISS catalog. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Now that we've offended (laughs) three-quarters of our listeners on today's episode, (laughs) um, those two topics, let's see. Um, Well, uh, let's go back to Mick Mars and Motley Crue again, because Mm. uh, obviously the dirt did come out, and uh, one of the scenes in there involves Mick Mars talking about KISS. Uh, have you watched the dirt yet?
1: I did see the dirt uh, last Saturday night. I think I watched it. Um, yeah, he, the part where uh, they're talking about saying other bands, right? Who is uh, Vince Neil? Is the character is, I think, naming some bands that they could, you know, be like or whatever. And then he said he mentioned Kiss, and then then yeah, that's when yeah, Mick says I hate Kiss, you know. So. Which I think he does in general. Actually, that I think that's a stru- true statement. He's—I don't think he's ever liked that type it, of thing. The, it's not theatrics. the first—the
0: first time he said anything about Kiss. He said he hates them yeah. before, so it was like right. har- hardly new news to me.
1: Yeah, it's hardly any new news. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to review the, the the show, but I—I I, I think I—I I, I gave it like a five out of ten because of their jumbling of of the their history a little bit and uh, getting some things not you know totally correct I, I think they needed something either a longer well not a long movie but uh, as you know like or mini series or something like that to really tell the story properly
0: well if you remember what some people's comments were that uh, it's not a miniseries or documentary it's a movie you know so some of the jumbling made sense it's just uh, you know i didn't like how they portrayed greg leon that's the blonde chubby guitarist um Mm. oh yeah at the beginning yeah there was a story of there being a second guitarist but i don't i don't think it was it really greg at that point or is that just like Mm a you know something that they just kind of made up because it looks too much like that guy and he was a decent player um i so i don't think he would have been playing muddling around on the fretboard uh, yeah. in 1981 i would have liked to have seen if they needed some comic thing they should have had Odine, which was the first um uh, vocalist uh, that they kind of worked with before Vince All right. came into the picture so i think they you know i understand them skirting over parts of history to make a movie and tell a story doc coming in at the wrong time whatever oh, yeah you know i yeah. like yeah. i like the way they handle it because they have thaler there as well who i'm ignored in this movie and then he dissolves in, in the screen in the scene um but Doc, you know, I managed Kiss. I managed Skid Row, and he's in a scene in like five years before Skid Row even existed. Um, so, you know, those things bother me. But it, within the context of it telling a story, I thought it was fantastic. I loved the shout at the devil concert scene because that would be the the one pro shot most crew fans would kill to see. Um, I like them recreating mm-hmm. the looks that kill video sequence. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. there wasn't enough from '81, and you know, uh, Tommy Shagging the Engineer to get more time in the studio would have been a great scene. And why not?
1: Why, why not even the, them? Even he's talking, it, you know, when Mick Mars says, oh, "I hate Kiss," and then they they split to the next scene is like showing them opening for Kiss, uh, you know, on the creatures target. That would have been. Uh, Cool, interesting thing that would That would, be, that, that would have been brilliant. And then crossing paths, you know, like when they're what they're going off the stage and and here's Paul and Gene Harry coming on the stage. They could have done something with that. and made it kind well, of I know, think, fun.
0: I think one of them screwed Eric Carr's girlfriend
1: or something oh, as well see, on that tour. You,
0: so they could have had the, their more sex because it seemed to be mostly about sex and drugs. Yeah, it, that's it, true. It was sleazy. It was dirty. Um, yeah. I loved it, but you know, not enough. To, you know, I don't know if I'd get above a five or six if I gave it a a grade on a ten point scale, just because of some of the things that were wrong with it. Right. Know, the Kiss posters on the 1973 scene. But, yeah. then, but then again, I guess that's one way to work in that you know, Nikki was a Kiss fan and had seen them growing up, and without actually do, coming up with a fake concert sequence, that's one way just to you know, make that connection but again they they left so much good stuff how they t- treated John Caraby was absolutely perfect for how they've treated him uh, you know um, <laughs> y- you know because they that's didn't true. they didn't they were they were too scared to go into a lot of that stuff like uh their war of words with the head of Electra and how they actually did get their catalog back at the end uh, that's right so you know there's a lot of stuff but it scares me in terms of how kiss might do a biopic now that they've seen Motley do theirs and the ratings are out for it and it's done fantastically well. So I, I don't do you think KISS fans could handle that sort of treatment. When you think about all the scenes and sequences that are all jumbled, omitted, yeah, yeah. changed, um so that it's very loosely based on, you know, the mm-hmm. the stuff with Ozzy. Holy crap, that was hilarious. So. Oh yeah. The guy yeah, who played like, the guy
1: who yeah. played Ozzy was fantastic. He was great. Yeah. That was that was kind of disgusting, too. But it was, it was just like, oh, my God, is that, did this really happen? <laughs> this is like, holy cow. But, yeah, with Kiss, uh, would I want something done? I mean, to me, I'd want something done right. It would have to be like, a, like I said, a series type thing. But it probably won't happen that way. I'll probably put out a biopic. It'll be a couple hours. And, you know, it's going to be more for the, not the KISS fans, it's going to be for the general uh, movie-buying audience type people. The uh, fair weather, the same fair weather type people that would go to a KISS concert today. uh, Because most of the people, right? Uh, They don't know all the history, so they, they... they won't be bothered by it because they don't know what happened in detail like us crazy nutheads that we well, are. yeah,
0: they, they as, don't care if crazy comic friends. book guy's head explodes. You, you'll be able you'll be able to see the. Uh, you know if it, if they did one and it was in the cinema just say you'd be able to tell who the diehard fans are they're the ones who'd be having convulsions hyperventilating into their popcorn boxes, <laughs> pointing at the screen that's not right that's not right yeah. be carried out on stretchers while everyone else is like clapping, hooting, singing you know because they couldn't give two shits I mean yeah, that's yeah probably, I can only imagine sometimes it's just can... better not to be a diehard or not know the details
1: yeah sometimes yeah, that's true
0: That's true. All right. That's enough. And I I will say, I was actually impressed by that guy who played Tommy Lee. Yeah, he was pretty good. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted to punch the next person who said, dude. I mean, that that was what he got out of Tommy's character, was just acting like a hyperactive beagle. (laughs) Dude. All
1: right. Um, you know, you talked about the uh, the, the KISS vinyl, KISS World, the uh, colored vinyl and black vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I only ordered the color vinyl. I didn't get it yet either. Uh, but uh, on that same note, uh, there's the, the uh, KISS special coming up. Uh, the KISS classic, you know, classic rock magazine uh, has a special coming out next or within the next month, I guess, on newsstands. And it has the Destroyer. Cover. Uh, um, I, I won't say it said something about you know winning or we won or we win the, we won the war or something like that.
0: What war was that they won? I don't know. I didn't know there was a war.
1: <laughs> you know they say there's a, there's a war uh, and you know we won. There's no war. There's no kiss, kiss war. Uh, if there's anything that was won, is it's just the fact that yes, we're, we are lucky enough to have Kiss have had Kiss around for as long as they have been, and and that they're still doing it at least for you know one more tour, and they're and they're doing it big time with this tour. So you know the people say we won. I don't. It's not I won. You know actually Kiss is one because they were able to do it for as long as. You know, they're making a lot of money, obviously, out of it, but they've been able to do as long as they, you know, uh, could possibly do it, you know, without, you know, dying on stage, you know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, anyone who actually is going to, you know, this we one thing um, is just a joke, Um, you know, I'd hate to see someone put it on. Like this, we one thing. They make a shirt out of it and, and wear that kind of crap. That would be pretty moronic. Even dumb enough to wear. It's it. like it's like, did you win? You didn't win nothing. <laughs> now,
0: <laughs> hey, kiss! I think Kiss fans, you know, at, year after year, the band has stuck around. You know, it's a series of battles, it's not a. War. You know, we're
1: lucky. That's all. Yeah,
0: lucky. all fans. Fans of the originals, there. Fans who have checked out and don't listen to anything after. 1979 or 1980, whatever, whatever year they checked out, they're still winning because they still got all that fucking music. It's, you know, it doesn't need to be to reduce down to something so stupid. Um, but talking about winning, many U.S. states, you know, for the second layer, showing pretty dire mm-hmm. um, sales figures at this point. And deals of four for one offers uh, for a lot of these big venues are already circulating. So it's it, you know it's like a panic button has been has been pressed. I mean, are you concerned? Have you looked at Oakland that show where we're both front
1: row? Actually,
0: it looks like ninety five percent unsold.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, I looked at it today uh, when I was saw something like that, and uh, so. I don't know. Uh, I think you know what? It's so far off still. It's not. It's not you know, next month or the next two months. Like the, for instance, the Sacramento show. Um, it was came up. It came up pretty darn quick. Um, Oakland's. It's in September. So the people who are on the fence that they may, they're just holding off. Maybe uh, I'm sure there'll be another blitz of some sort to advertise those later shows on the tour to, to get those people out, like remind them that yeah, kiss is still coming. We announced it back a year ago. It was what September when they did a, uh, America's got talent. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so that's a full year. I mean, that is a full year. It's like, well, you told us and I have not seen you come, but, uh, yeah, I think they'll do some kind of media, but I think they will sell enough by that time. Maybe it won't sell out in Oakland. Um, you know, I think that maybe a lot of people in the Bay Area went to, you know, went to Sacramento like me, saying, "Hey, oh shoot, they're not playing anywhere on the East Bay or or San Francisco kind of general area." So it's you know over to Sacramento. But then they announced it later. So I, I think it's, I think it's going to sell pretty good. I, I don't think it's going to sell out, uh, but I think it'll. It'll still make. I don't think they're going to cancel it.
0: No, I, I hope they don't cancel it. But I, yeah, I hope not. I, I, I think it uh, raises concerns for 2020 and plans there. I mean, if they're then thinking about B markets, um, yeah. I don't, I don't see as getting Concord and Mountain View. Uh, you know, no. as, as possible. I I, I, I have concerns about what they're going to do in terms of the staging as well. Right now. Every cent that I've spent going to these shows has been worth it because of the bombastic, hellacious production and just the really tight, concise set. I I loved it. Again, I don't want to talk too much about Mm -hmm. Madison Square Garden, but same set. Well, no, it wasn't because I hadn't heard Dr. Love yet. Um, But otherwise, pretty much the same set as the other three shows, and I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, But you're not going to be able to do the crane arms um, the same way in the sheds, other things, elements, um, you know, late summer when daytime goes until 10 or ten thirty, you're going to make pyro problematic screens, problematic to see. Um, so I'm very interested on, on how they adjust to keep this as grand and as bombastic an experience as yeah. it is. And also I, I, from these sales points, I think they've got to do something in terms of opening act, um, which if yeah. they, if they're not able to bring this stage and again, I, I'm just not sure of the logistics I, and this is, I'm not sure of it as I don't know because I don't have any visibility into the blueprints and I, that's not my line of expertise. I have no idea how the stage would work, um, for the summer.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of stage and yeah, their, their stage show, um, you know, there's that possibility of, a. The Hollywood Bowl I mean that place is not gonna be like they're not gonna be able to do all that you know have that stage there that stage is I think a lot smaller plus it's it's open air again like you mentioned other maybe amphitheaters or whatever Um, so I don't know how they would pull that one off either it'd have to be toned down major
0: So, again, in terms of visibility, um, I don't know how much visibility they actually have at the moment outside of your core, you know, your little Facebook groups or your little um, podcast cliques and listenerships and, you know, on on a greater level that might need to be addressed with the release of an album. Because if you, you know, if that uh, serious XM thing could be released as a Mm -hmm. bonus disc or... You know, do an extended EP, you know, one new song. What about, you know, we, we've talked about it before, you know, Motley went out with all bad things. Cut a song, maybe Kiss could do something that's a little bit better than that. Um, you know, have a Gene song, you know, so you exactly. know, not dealing with that albatross. Um, something <laughs> to get back on TV because there's not, I, I'm surprised as well by a lot of these local papers I was on the Boston Globe today looking Mm -hmm. for a review of the show since they played TD the other day. Nothing. There have been other major press points. Nothing for the local shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Sacramento. There was nothing in the Sacramento Bee. There was something about David Garibaldi, um, Mm -hmm. but nothing about Kiss. So the coverage itself is pretty poor. I don't listen to enough radio to know whether there's been anything on the bone. And whether they were giving away tickets for any of the shows and whatnot so upping the visibility is going to have to start happening soon because again the cost of going to a concert is expensive it's not just about buying your concert ticket and deciding whether you, you want where you want to be or where you can afford mm-hmm. if you're a lawn seat you're a lawn seat but you still got to get to the show and most people yeah. have to f- have to factor and budget in for drinks parking and parking is often as much as your lawn tickets. Yeah. So, think, yeah. you know, it, September might seem a long time away, but that leg starts in early August. Mm-hmm. So I would think with the way those tickets are sailing, and if people are already doing or the promoters are already doing four-for-ones uh, for venues, then it's that looks like a panic <laughs> button to me. At this stage, right. because we are not even April, and if you're already doing Groupon's and four for ones and um, that sort of thing, I think right. there's uh, there's an issue that we're spending so much money on these tickets for this first leg of the tour. We were all buying when it was announced, which was uh, what was it? October 31st. You know, when those dates first came out and the tickets went on sale, we all yeah. bought, and then they announced the second leg. Well, exactly. for most people, that that budget, that's You know, got mortgage payments, got kids. I'm like the guy at the concert the other night. I got to get up for work tomorrow. You know, so uh, there's got to be a reason to go to a second leg. So I hope I hope they've got one and have some way of communicating it because then you've got FOMO or what is it? Fear of missing out. Yeah, FOMO. Stupid word. Just the other day, Olivia Jade that all whole reason why she uh-huh. went to college fear of missing out. You yes, have to yes. make people have a fear of missing out in order to part with their hard earned money to go to a show, which in many of these places, um, is going to be kind of warm at that time of year.
1: Yeah. They need another media blitz of some sort, uh, where they get on some other show that's viewed by, you know, several millions of people, like a finale of something. Um, the only finale is coming up or I don't know what is out there. I mean, there's an an American Idol again, but they've done that before. And I don't know how many people are still watching that. Not as many as they used to, but, Something like that. They you know, maybe, to...
0: maybe this A and E documentary that they're filming will will be that thing that's going to tie in. Um, oh, okay. But it, you know, and again, I had to sign a release at the Vancouver show, so it's no secret that they've been doing something. Uh, I wasn't sworn to secrecy by signing that release, which I hope not, because they didn't give me. A so copy it's to for A and E.
1: Yeah, for that, that, that was
0: thing. who was who was filming. Um, and again, I have no idea what they're filming. I just, yeah, had to who sign, knows. I just had to sign the likeness that they can use any video that they may or may not have shot of me on that evening, you know, in any which way they want, and changing me to look like a complete buffoon, if that's even possible. Um, <laughs> so, so, again, I, all I know is that it was A&E, and I don't know the okay. context. I don't know what they're doing. I have no inside knowledge. Um, but it, And, and I, it would have to be on one of those things, because it couldn't be a net... Maybe... I, I don't think Netflix. it could be on a Netflix type channel, an exclusive. At least I hope not, because my trial membership expires very soon <laughs> after watching Motley Crue. But uh, oh, well. again, in terms of visibility, and, and as Gene now knows, uh, accusations of inappropriate behavior don't garner enough press for aging rock stars. So they need something a little bit more useful than that. You know, may, may, maybe a, a war with their former members.
1: There you go, that, yeah.
0: that didn't even last very long, did it? The gloves went straight back
1: on. Yeah, the gloves were off, and... Uh, no, they're not. They just, <laughs> just died off. I mean, that just went away went away real quick.
0: Rachel, where are my gloves?
1: <laughs> Sold them on eBay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, well, there's uh, another topic that I think, you know, Daniel... I know what's going to be here. Um, and he, he talked about what, what, and this may be for you, you know, recently here uh, and you've been to several shows, you know, what was, you know, what's your favorite topic to talk to a fan about at a concert? What do you normally, you know,
0: um, what do you want to drink?
1: <laughs> Where's, where is where you get a good beer? Where is a good bar?
0: No, yeah. you know, what do I talk with other fans at a show about? Well, at, at these ones, usually I'm the one who've already seen them several times.
1: And they're asking you what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> no, they're telling me to shut up and not tell them what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, and, and usually I just end up finding people that I know and who have already seen them or watched videos, and we, we just, you know... Talking about irrelevancies. We're not talking about the show because we know what's going to happen, but we're just looking True. forward to it happening. Um, so we don't. I, you know, I, I can't. To be perfectly honest, I can't remember much from uh, any of these conversations. They they haven't been. Oh yeah, the well, I can't even talk about the that one guy who was interesting. I was sitting next to, who was oh, really? connected with the band. Um, but that would have had that would have been a good one to talk about. So. Let's go into one of these other ones. Um, okay. Now that Kiss is ending, well, Kiss will never end, first of all. How dare anyone suggest that just because they stopped touring or even never worked together again that Kiss is ending. Kiss, is a, Kiss is a business. Yeah. Kiss is a business that consumes... It's a living, breathing beast that consumes dollars. Mm. It has to be fed <laughs> regularly or else the world will end. Um, any new favorite band on the horizon? What will you fill the void with? so now there's this suggests that we're going into the void
1: Into the void yes
0: <laughs> ken how will you fill your void
1: uh, you know i'm guessing i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna fill my void with it's not really new bands i mean no new band's gonna uh replace what you know kiss is for me uh though you know there are new bands that come out that i uh, enjoy there's a couple out there like you know star crawler and lemon twigs that sort of thing um but um no, nothing's gonna replace it plus i expect after they're done you know kiss is gonna start you know gotta keep their income and income going somehow uh and they're, if they're not going to tour they're going to release more hopefully rare stuff maybe that wicked lester you know that 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 demo or whatever it was the recordings that they have wicked lester that paul stanley showed uh way back you know a year ago or so um, as part of maybe a, a package a kiss box set or maybe a wicked lester first album kiss box set or something like that um, something that would be you know very cool i mean so nothing's going to really fill the void. I'll go back to watching Kissology and the past videos. They'll probably have an end-of-the-road video. I'm, I'm positive they're going to have an end-of-the-road uh, Blu-ray. they got to have it, especially the way this this whole stage is, uh, you know, is and the, the effects and everything else. So I it's, yeah, again, nothing. Nothing's going to fill that void. Kiss is going to be void. Um, And, you know, I couldn't pull it out with pliers.
0: Yeah, there will be no (laughs) void for me. Kiss not ceasing to exist there will still be stuff to do stuff to be interested in stuff to uncover you know maybe we'll finally get a record store day kiss release like the wicked lester album drops unexpectedly on record store day in clear vinyl i mean you know just yeah. just waiting for things if you think of the new video well if you think of the new things well, that have surfaced in recent years or this year, mm-hmm. um, that there's so much out there, it's it's never going to stop. Every time you think you know it all, well, nothing I can ever be accused of because I like to.
1: You're the Kistorian. K- k- You're Kistorian. Um,
0: I don't know squat, and none <laughs> of us do. That's that's the whole thing. We know some. I don't yeah. need another band. It's not like. I can't catch on to a band with a bunch of 20 year olds making music and start following them with the same level of passion that I followed Kiss. I can go in from the ground level and start documenting a band like Greta Van Fleet, you know, and all their shows and sets from the, because it wouldn't be organic. It Everything that's happened between me and Kiss happened organically. It wasn't planned. I never thought about any of it. It just happened. So I don't need to replace that because it was the music, first of all, for me. You know, there'll be some bands that I hope keep going that keep my interest in music going, like the Foo Fighters, you know, -hmm. Def Leppard go on for a few more years and and just kind of from there. But after that, I can't think of too many young bands that are ingrained in any way in my psyche on the level of the stuff that i grew up with and that's just the natural cycle of life you know i'll continue i still listen to mozart and beethoven and they've been dead for a hundred hundreds of years (laughs) so it's music I, i think the the void that will be missed is the drama because i think a lot of people will drop off the <laughs> communities it'll be like the survivors of foreign wars you know mm-hmm. the gatherings um that would take place so the expos will be get less and less and they'll become more about the fans who have passed on than about the band they'll be oh do you remember so and so oh yeah he died 15 years ago did he really yeah um, <laughs> you know yeah Yeah. you know whatever happened to that guy on Uh the message board oh
1: he's the senator now (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well you know there's other things to fill the void i was thinking i would love more books i mean we are going to get more books coming up here and like you know russ like radley and his magic book and so on and uh I'm sure that's going to help fill that void, and hopefully hopefully uh, uh, the author, Julian Gill, will release some new stuff. Like, uh,
0: no, I want Ron's book on the Phantom.
1: Okay, well, that's great, but maybe you can do a creatures no. uh, Killers, Creatures Lick It Up book. No. All combined in one thing.
0: can't be done. It cannot be done. You know, if, if it if it could be done, I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't because I don't want to do it anymore uh, without Tim because those ones were just next level. Well,
1: okay, well, Tim, um, if you're watching, come on now.
0: But you can't you can't get Vinny, you can't get Gene, you can't get Paul. That doesn't leave very many people with last you know with um to talk to about those projects. Eric Carr is gone. Yeah. You know. And, you know, speaking of Eric Hart, I've just been listening to a stash of fucking interviews with him. And holy shit is all I can say. I was supposed to Uh-oh. listen to these on the plane, but I was working on the uh, on the recording from the show. And the stuff that he's talking about in these interviews... i got to decide what I'm, I'm going to do with these, because, you know... Uh, The sources are such that, you know, obviously I'm picking stuff out because while I say I'm done writing new books, I still want to do a deluxe, uh, you know, deluxe editions of uh, the Gap book and the Odyssey book with additional material. And that's why I'm, you know, working on these interviews at the moment, other people's interviews, you know, pulling out the parts of Eric talking about, you know, his time in the band. That, again, goes back to what I was saying. There's always new stuff being uncovered. And, you know, that was where, you know, Eric's, and just to give you a little bit of why, why I'm talking about Odyssey in a deluxe edition, Eric's talking about the sessions at Phase 1 in uh, in Toronto right. of, in 1981, and this is before the project become became the because concept the other, album. Yeah. So there, th- that is where all those instrumental jams came from, those sessions, and... You know, they're pretty standard rocking. I mean, rock songs at that point.
1: Yeah, they were going to make a rock album. That was the intention.
0: So, those are the second sessions in 1981, the first having taken place at Ace in the Hall and um, I can't remember the name of it now Penny Lane in New York, Mm. which were the four songs that are finished or more finished. I think some are lacking lead work. So, there's still so much to uncover and to understand about The Elder that I'm more interested in going back and. You know, as I do with the touring history, there's stuff being added to that every day. You know, I mm-hmm. added stuff into the tour history today. Do I want to start a whole new project um, on an album? What's What's there left? Ken Ken Sharp yeah. did did a fantastic. You know, bring well, up through '76. James Campion did an incredible, shouted out loud, covering "Destroyer," mm-hmm. um, "Love Gun," "Alive," too is so compact and fast that you've got Corky, well, and he's lost most of his stuff in the Flood, <laughs> um, uh, Hurricane Sandy. And then well, there's Bob. So the, the, in terms of the number of people you can bring in, you know, Ken, you can't go back and do any of those early albums without Gene and Paul, uh, and Ken's already done that, so you're, you'd are just be rehashing. Yeah. I mean, one book I would like to see is Ken doing, an, you know, the same could, treatment as Volume Two, you know, like Gods yeah, of yeah. Thunder. A c-
1: continuation, of, yeah, of of nothing to lose. Yeah, Gods of Thunder that would be a great title for it. Um, and continue that, you know, maybe go to eighty, you know, you three. Know,
0: volume two should be nothing to lose is what uh seventy two to seventy five. So yeah. it just as live hits, which then he does seventy six, so four years seventy six to seventy nine. Is the next eight, three years?
1: you, you got it. it seems to me you almost have to get, uh, you know, unmasked in there because just because of the fact of the uh, the big Australian, you know, tour thing, maybe go to eighty on that
0: one, maybe, you know. So, but I I, I would like to see it as a
1: trilogy, you know.
0: That, okay. That, that well, kept, in that case, yeah. You know, at least up through Super Kiss. Um, so, yeah, maybe you're right. Go go through 80 on that, and because there are less albums with Double Platinum and Alive, too, in that period. But it would have to be Ken Sharp. I, I wouldn't want someone else to do it. I, I agree. I'd love to help him, but uh, that would have to be his baby again, Under because he's done the interviews, and I think it's probably a matter of massaging it all into shape. So that would be one book I'd like to see. Um, you don't... I don't think the interest is there for animalize asylum. Obviously, I did what I could at Crazy Nights and did the best job I could without That him, was a Good book. But good book. Um, I, yeah, again, I still think it could have been better, and there's still interviews I would have loved to sure. have had, but I just could not get. You know, Desmond. Right. You know, desperately disappointed that that wasn't. Um, you know, maybe the story of the Alive Worldwide, the reunion, it would be a good book, and oh, yeah. if done the right way. And as a, you know, from an insider, not like Andre's thing. So yeah, there, there are still plenty of book topics and there'll always be other people who are coming out. John, uh, big John Hart today posted a, uh, update about his book, which of course ran into trouble with the pledge right. music fiasco of the, basically they stole his money, which means they stole your money. Yeah. Um, so people paid for uh, product through pledge, pledge is supposed, supposed to release funds to the, Organizer, in order Mm -hmm. for them to go into production and start providing things they did not, they've um, done whatever they've done nefariously and fucked it up for everyone, which has left John looking bad, and John has no control over it. So, just for anyone, I'm in the same boat. I've lost money on that as far as I know at this point. Me too. And and John's, you know, as he said today in his update, that he's pretty much done with the interviews and his writing, editing, and doing all of that. So it continues just to progress, but. Uh, he's right. in the book. You know, you got to be very careful about these funded pro you know projects. That yeah. that's an example of one that's gone very very bad. So, um, but it does again comes back to the part that I'm talking about, and I've I'm, I've gone on too long. Um, that there's there's many things that can be written about. I just think there are other people who can do it other than me.
1: Yeah, but. You do it very well, and, and everything that I've bought that yeah, you come on, it's always been enjoyable. And I even go, you know, I go back and read them again. So
0: and I go back and do a different version of them again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you fix the uh, the typo. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know, my kingdom for a copy editor. Um, it it just, as many times as we've had other people copy edit, proofread, copy edit, they've always slipped through.
1: It's always and, something.
0: And, oh, yeah. and it's embarrassing. And, yeah, they get fixed throughout the printings. I mean, I've, I've done about 14 different versions of Odyssey. So whoever's buying them now is getting the latest up-to-date, you know, uh-huh. typo fixes and whatnot. And that's just the way it is of being self-published. In some ways, it's a power, because these big publishing houses, you know what? They do it, too. They probably, oh, yeah, they do. They fix their shit as well. And um, people like to beat me up on it, but uh, come on. You didn't fuck a, fucking insult the fanzine guys for typos, and they were selling you stuff. I've done the best I can. All right. I don't see any point in doing any of these other topics until we get the rest of the guys back Um, you know that's just a good (laughs) totally random chat for a friday afternoon so that uh our listeners and we appreciate you get an episode to listen to this week next week we'll see what happens i want to get as i said uh, time scheduled with people to uh, talk about the madison square and new york show because there's a lot more going on uh, on wednesday than just the show Um, but I do want those people who were there to be a part of the discussion as well. So let's leave that there, unless you have any final thoughts.
1: All right. I look forward to that show. Oh, wait, one more thought. Do you want to mention the uh, electric ballroom?
0: Absolutely. Why don't you?
1: Oh, well, there's a new podcast uh, presented by your... Our fearless leader, <laughs> i Julian Gill. Um, it's called the Electric Fall Room, and it's all about uh, everything—not kiss. It's everything. It's just uh, yeah, everything. All kinds of music and maybe books, movies, little TV pop shows. It's going to be TV shows.
0: The idea behind I'll,
1: I'll, it, yeah. Cross it all. You, you know, you can explain it. Um, go ahead.
0: Yeah, the idea behind it is just to give us the opportunity to talk about all the things outside of kiss world that we sometimes touch on in these episodes, but to go into a bit more detail about it. So it's going to be favorite, are you know what were your favorite TV episodes or shows in the 1980s? Rankings of movies. We'll go into star Wars, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, rank the star Wars movies. We'll pick albums by other bands. And, And again, it's going to be predominantly music. Um, you know, so force these guys to do a top 10 Zodiac mind warp uh, playlist. And yeah. Ken will force us to do a top 10 Blackfoot playlist, you know, yeah. pick your top, you know, go into Brit pop pulp versus, mm. uh, who are those other guys? Uh, oh, those assholes make union twats. Oh yeah. Oasis. uh, oh. uh <laughs> And Blur and and all the other bands, you know, talk about different genres of music. I mean, what are your top ten guilty pleasures? I mean, your favorite Pet Mm -hmm. Shop Boys song, you know, everything. So it'll just give us an opportunity to go outside the boundaries of kiss more than we do because obviously we we go off on tangents um Mm -hmm. but start looking at some different aspects because we like doing shows we like doing shows together and it gives us an opportunity though that so many of the cast members who've appeared on this show have a lot of diverse interests outside so this first episode that we did was with david donnelly uh, british musician producer songwriter who's uh, got a push out for his venus reaction single he's a good friend uh met up with him in a lovely town called whitney oxfordshire when i was out there in december uh got poisoned by a pint in a pub i got hobgoblin as it, as it were um you know so we were talking to him about music and you know tens uk singles that uh You know, meant something to us. We approached it in different ways, and there was a lot of really good music mentioned, not just by myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, do check us out. Uh, You can find the links to the show at uh, ElectricBallroomPodcast.com on Facebook. Like the page, and uh, there's a YouTube page as well. Like it, subscribe, and uh, hear us pontificate about everything else. All of the guys (laughs) who've done Kiss FAQ podcast episodes are going to be welcome on it, and no doubt Alex will make us do something about Utopia. Um, Or Village People, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do an episode about anything. If I'm given an assignment to go and listen to a catalog and find something good to say about a TV show or an album or whatever. I'll do it because, again, it's about broadening my horizons and enjoying the things that already exist out there. You know, that's why there aren't going to be any voids in my life because all the good shit's already out there. Yeah. So while everyone who's been a participant on this podcast is welcome, if you want to um, do some podcasts and you have some ideas for episodes that you think would be perfect on the Electric Ballroom podcast, get in touch with us and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Again, it's you get to have a voice as well. You listen to our show, you want to just come on and talk about something different, hang out with us, have a chat, you're more than welcome. So as long as you got Skype and a mic and a decent wired network connection and you're not holding up a phone in a tractor, you should be good. All right, good. Thanks for reminding me about that because otherwise, yeah. obviously, I'm horrible at promotion. So, All right, Ken. All right. So, uh, wow, after all that, I'm like... Well, show sure we doing? well thank you for joining us on the kiss FAQ podcast today you know chime in wherever you watch or listen to this episode of your opinion don't forget to subscribe and like or don't like or comment on the podcast wherever that was and hopefully we will see you next time so from Ken and myself bye for now thank you for spending time listening to the kiss FAQ podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds